Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Nick, it is a pleasure to have you on It's TechTastic. It is so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, it's a pleasure meeting you. Same. So astute technologists, we've kind of joked about the fact that there are a few astute technologies, technologists, but tell me about your astute technologies, technologists. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, there's a number of components, um, you know, and and, uh, my my professional experience aligns really well with this. And this is my first kind of baby, if you will. Um, We're focused on cybersecurity. So really, we have a, a few core offerings, one being our astute advisor, which if you want to have like a perfect framework on how to build a startup and lay the foundation, it's going to be a great asset for you. Everything from patent writing um, on the technical side, patent writing, it helped write the second version of my book. It helped uh, do a tremendous amount of marketing. So it's learned a tremendous amount from my inputs, right? So you can get a leg up and use that. And as long as you're subscribed to ChatGPT4 or Pro or whatever you want to call it, you'll have access to all these different versions of GPTs, if you will. So my version, I think it's great. You can trust it. Uh, it doesn't have any like malicious intent, like, you know, which I think people <laughs> worry about. Yeah, right. So I'm excited about that. And what, what I think they're going to do is they're going to do like a rev share model. So like the more people I can say, hey, like use my tool and not that tool, like, you know, will be good in the long term because more impressions right like you're from the ad world so you get it i I, i'm hoping i drive people to that uh tool as opposed to others um now we also just went straight to market and we started saying like okay what does like the modern app service provider it help desk look like it's probably not going to be resetting passwords like 90 percent or whatever you know statistic uh whatever provider wants to tell you but it's a very high amount. It boils down to like password resets. I can't get into my account. Like all that low level kind of IT work is going away, right? Indeed. So <laughs> I wanna, yeah, I wanna be a, a cyber focused, you know, premier service provider that's focused on the 24 seven monitoring, you know, remediation, watching the internet traffic, watching ad targeting. That's another huge thing is like, you know, why am I seeing this ad? Where's it coming from, right? So having, um, you know, I'm a small team right now, but building it out and and building up the bench to be a true 24/7 SOC that is able to security operations center. For those who don't know, um, yeah, <laughs> Good catch. To, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I hate acronyms. <laughs> I I really, I mean, it's it's crazy how bloated the service catalog can get. So I want to be a very simple solution that people can understand. Awesome. So there's a bunch to go over in there and for a bunch of reasons, right? So Vala AI and astute technologists are not in the same business, but we're adjacent. So we don't deal with cybersecurity directly. What we do, it, I, I, my audience is going to think this is hilarious. I hope my team does not. I say we're the janitorial services of software development. We're all the things that you hate doing, but need to be done. And a big portion of those in my past have been things like you didn't update your dependencies, 
they were updated by the provider of them because there was a security vulnerability or there's new functionality or it's more performant or whatever. But so we'll automatically do that for you. If there's a breaking change, we'll generate the fix for you so that it fixes your system, which gets us to part two, like your security vulnerabilities. You have them, we find them, we patch them, we submit on your behalf, right? And then the third, which is also very close to what you're doing, is we're kind of monitoring the whole thing for, we, we write all the unit tests, we write all that kind of stuff, and then we monitor those when they break, we fix it. Now, what you do though with the SOC side of it is much more the, the envelope around that, like making sure that there's, there's no threats that are getting through, and if they are, what's the activity look like? How do you identify it? Am I right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, right? absolutely. Is it coming yeah. from like a, a non-ally of the United States? Like, yeah. why are you getting traffic from China and you're not doing operations in China? Like, you know, that's suspicious activity, right? You're a hundred person US-based company and we're seeing traffic over the pipe that's coming from this nation. That seems very odd to us or Russia or whatever it is, right? Like, so unusual, atypical abnormalities that usually get caught by the AI itself. However, there's always going to be a human oversight that says, hey, this looks weird. Should isolate this incident. Nice. So you built a like a middleware or an agent storm on top of ChatGPT4 that, yeah. Okay, great. So this is a great conversation because there's so much in common. There's a group of us that have all started companies that are kind of adjacent to each other that are trying to help each other out. So I've done this a lot. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, and so I'm trying to be the old man in the room, but like just trying to give some guidance and help. But there's uh, like how we go to market. You're obviously targeting fairly large enterprise because a smaller company will have a posture towards it, but they won't have teams dedicated to it. So there's an opportunity there, right, for you to introduce yourself to them, but it's not a known thing they deal with. And so they don't necessarily have somebody thinking about it, which means it's a hard market to enter that middle market piece, right? Right, but that's that's something that's near and dear to my heart because I know that they're the biggest risk for attack, right? So like, yeah. Well, it's hard to cater to that. And like, you know, I've worked my way to, to deal in the enterprise environment. Um, you know, I still want to be able to, to service that market and say, how can I partner and, you know, work with them and have it be low effort and still have them do something as opposed to nothing? Because I know that a lot of them don't have the internal resources to... Yeah, and there's there's always been this like conversation that happens in enterprise between building the enterprise first. And I call this the Jello model. And the reason is like gelatin used to be super expensive, only the very, very wealthy could eat it because it took so much labor, right? Then Jell-O came out and everybody can eat it, right? So the Jell-O model is to start with the big problem with a large enterprise that can afford it, and then to gradually build your way towards a model that allows for the, the every man to use your tool kind of thing. I agree with you. I agree with you because the problem is, is what I've seen is if you start in the SMB space or you start dealing with small businesses, they can be just as demanding and just as needy as a large enterprise, which yeah. gets it and knows it. <laughs> and they're not like calling you all the time. Right. So, you know, I've certainly seen where you can just spin, you know, with like a small portfolio of small accounts and then you can't ever grow because you're so high maintenance and high touch on those because they might just have the same amount of issues. Right. Yeah. So the flip model is the product led growth model which is what like Slack and a bunch of companies did where they give it away for free. They let the, everybody use it. They do one thing and they do that one thing exceptionally well, but because there's no charge on it when they start, 
there's no expectation of service either. Like you, you try to give the maximum value, but if it breaks down, what's your complaint? It's free. Shut up. It's not quite that bad, but right. Yeah. Um, right. You want to drive <laughs> adoption, right? At this, yeah. like it's cause it is so competitive and you know, there's, I feel like there's always going to be a bigger whale that just sees what I'm doing and like jumps ahead of me. Right. And that's why I was kind of talking about speed earlier. It's like, it seems like every time I try and get ahead, there's like someone with more resources, um, you know, so there's pros and cons to being nimble. Well, and the only magic there is just to be like, don't be looking around the next corner. Look two corners forward. Like if today's solution looks like this and tomorrow's solution is going to look like that, take that a couple steps further. What does it need to be? And if you can answer that, you've got a chance to get in front of it. The problem that most people run into is they just do what they know. You know, I did this job. I'm now going to automate this job. It's like, that's not good enough. Why did the job exist in the first place? What problem were you solving for the organization? Does the job need to exist at all? Like you said earlier with sales, and that worries me. And I, I do see value in, in still establishing a human connection with somebody, which I think is, you know, sales is one of the oldest uh, professions next to prostitution. If you so, yeah, <laughs> well, so prostitution is just sales. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to go wrong, right? right? I think sales and marketing, you know, well, well like Cisco just said, they want all 60,000 plus employees to to be influencers right so i just think how we sell and how we interact is, is definitely one of the best pieces of advice i ever received was uh from a guy that was a sales leader and i i don't consider myself a sales leader i've met technologists that happen to learn how to be decent at sales and uh what he said was people don't buy from you they buy from somebody they trust they don't buy because of the product they don't even buy because you're solving a problem for you they're buying because they trust you and that answered so many questions for me around like why do endorsements work why do brands have such lasting presence why are they so powerful in the marketplace that, those types of questions that i would always have and when i heard that i refocused how i approached sales fundamentally it's why I have a podcast, frankly, right? You talk to people, you get to know them a little bit one-on-one, -on -one, like we are getting to know each other a little bit right here, right? But your audience also gets in, this is something that sounds like you're doing also with TikTok and getting on the podcast and all that, but your audience gets to hear you, they get to understand what drives and motivates you, they get to understand how you think, and they feel like they know you and they start to trust you. And that's where the whole conversation can begin. So the audience is now like, oh man, we're being sold something. Like, no, not really. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just letting you get to know me. Right. It's not a hard push, boiler room, you know, forced sale like it, it used to be. Right. And, you know, I think that always gave me a leg up even before TikTok and AI and all these things. Like just having the confidence to put myself out there because I had the opposite. I started out as a technologist. I was like the more introverted kid who like all of a sudden confidence in college. I was, I was on a help desk. I pivoted and I, I was like, Hey, I kind of like, so going to the bar and talking to people and like got, you know, interested in that social scene. And from there it was like, you know, sales engineer. So then I was like kind of a hybrid role where I was designing solutions for the customer. And then I just ended up having a, a hundred accounts in mid market. And then from there I did enterprise, which you have like two. <laughs> 
Yeah, to the take all your time. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. With like 30 contacts at you know, each one, and all run different departments, right? So I've been all over the enterprise in one form or another. I've been in, I, I've never been in a sales engineering role, though, that, which is funny to me because I've been in sales. I've mostly been a technologist. I've mostly been like CTO or in a role that put me right out of technology. But yeah. It's cool because I think it sets you up really well to either like be a business owner or whatever it is like it sets you up really well because you have to understand the product and communicate the product um mm -hmm. and and you're you're kind of like one ring below the the frontline sales team so you're a little bit safer and more protected especially when you're starting out right so yeah you get to learn yeah you get to learn a lot you get to like there's a time i you know i worked with five different reps as a se you know all like they were like telco guys so they didn't really know the product they didn't really how to sell cloud and how to price it. But I did all their quotes. I was on all their calls, you know, and, you know, as not like the, the prospect was like, you know, later on, later stages of the sale, but it really gets you to learn a lot. And then I also get to yeah. interact with the tech team. Like, Hey, like, you know, take a look at this quote. Like, does this make sense? Right. You know, do we need to use VMware here? What, you know, what's going to work for you? Yeah. If you're in a technology startup, if, if you want to be a technology founder, there's three jobs you have to understand. You have to understand the technology. So you've got to either be an engineer or you know something close enough to it that you really get it. You have to understand sales and you, you better understand finance because without those three, you, you have nothing. Yeah, I, I would agree a hundred thousand percent. Um, absolutely. So we actually only have a few minutes left. This has been a fun conversation already. We've only got like four and a half minutes left. Uh, Nick, if somebody wanted to find out more about Astute Technologists or they wanted to find you on TikTok, they wanted to like hear more about you and from you, where should they go? Sure. So we have our website, uh, astutetechnologists.com. We have, I'm on every social channel possible. So TikTok and nlorizio underscore official. Uh, Instagram, just nlorizio. Um, I'm all over the place. I have a link tree, so you can find all my different links on there. Doing several podcasts, my world tour right now, if you will. Uh, my book out there, which is a great resource because you can't change a physical book. So I have, uh, and in the startup space, things change all the time. So uh, you can check that out. Digitalization, the new normal of the post-pandemic world. So that's pretty cool. I've sold thousands of copies. So excited about that. That was my first product, if you will. Nice. Get, yeah, I had to get some sales on the on the books, literally. You had book sales on the books. That's yes, great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, that, there's a lot of resources there. There's a lot of good stuff. Nick, thank you for being on the show. It was lovely to have you here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Same to you. Take care. Have a great day. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious. Hey there, Techtastians. Is your team drowning in tech debt and you just wish you had a magic button to fix it? I want to introduce you to Vala AI, your tech debt hero. At Vala AI, we get it. You're busy. That's why we've made fixing tech challenges as easy as a click of a button. You don't need to be an engineer. We empower non-techies to conquer complex tech issues effortlessly. We understand you don't have time for tech headaches. Vala AI is here to lift that tech burden, making your tech debt disappear with a simple click. So ready to say goodbye to tech troubles? Try Vala AI. Your solutions are just a click away.